Good evening. Our top story tonight, Thursday night football is in the books. The Steelers got a win, but they're taking an L at the most important position on the field. The quarterback position, I'm sorry to say it, as a believer in Kenny Pickett, as someone thought that Andy, or not, <laughs> I almost said it, Andy Dalton, as someone who thought Kenny Pickett was the new Andy Dalton, I'm starting to think that Kenny Pickett might just not be an NFL quarterback, or at least a starting NFL quarterback. So we've got that. We've got Will Levis, who is absolutely a starting NFL quarterback. We've got injury updates around the NFL previewing week nine. Ugly week ahead in some respects. Beautiful week ahead in others. We've got some great games ahead, and we're going to be talking about it all on Player Profiler today. Like I said, we're going to start with Thursday night football and the Pittsburgh Steelers become the first team in NFL history to be outgained in their first eight games. Steelers, eight games into the season, they've been outgained on offense in every single one of them. And they're the only team in NFL history to have a winning record despite being outgained in every single game. Five and three, the Pittsburgh Steelers are credit to Mike Tomlin because this team is not a five-win team. The offense, the offensive line, the quarterback play, this is a beautiful, beautiful coaching job by Mike Tomlin. And that's the thing with Mike Tomlin and giving these coaches credit. We don't like to give coaches too much credit. And a large part of that is it's always, oh, the play calling. Well, Mike Tomlin doesn't call the plays. Oh, it's it's the play calling. The boy genius, Sean McVay, the boy genius, Kyle Shanahan, but there are different types of coaches. And Mike Tomlin is the kind of coach that fosters a positive locker room. And that locker room results in more wins because the Pittsburgh Steelers are playing as a team, more wins than they have any right to be earning at this point. And I'll give them credit. They looked a lot better, at least on the first drive with Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator. He goes from the booth up in the sky down to the sideline, and they look a lot better. They score on the opening drive, and then throughout the game, a lot, a lot of missed throws by Kenny Pickett, just a lot of nothingness, a lot of just boring, a lot of just whatever, and that's the story of the Pittsburgh Steelers offense this year, last year. And I ran a poll yesterday to see, okay, well, who do we blame for this? Is it Matt Canada? Is it Kenny Pickett? Is it Canada and Pickett? Or is it the offensive line? And a lot of people, people believe it is Matt Canada still. They believe it is more Matt Canada's fault than Kenny Pickett's fault. But still, over 50% of the people in the poll believe that it is Kenny Pickett's fault. And I'm starting to come around. I'm starting to be on the side. That Kenny Pickett is a bust. Kenny Pickett is not a first-round quarterback. He is not an NFL starter. Because when we were sold the idea of Kenny Pickett, it was he is a high-floor quarterback. He doesn't have the ceiling of a Malik Willis, and Malik Willis didn't work out either. doesn't have the ceiling of an Anthony Richardson, but you know what you're getting with the floor? You are getting an Andy Dalton type. You are getting a guy that's just a starter in the NFL. Maybe he can be Kirk Cousins. Maybe he can be Jared Goff. And that's just not who Kenny Pickett is. He's not Kirk Cousins. He's not Jared Goff. He is far worse than both of them. And the early portion of his career has just been 
disappointing. And how does it get better from here? Because like I said, Kenny Pickett, not a high ceiling, high traits quarterback. He was supposed to be a finished product. And then he comes into the NFL this week, 160 yards passing. And this is no surprising thing from Kenny Pickett to go for 160 yards against a bad pass defense as well. The Tennessee Titans are great against the run and bad against the pass. And they lose safety Kevin Byard. They trade him to the Philadelphia Eagles. And Pickett still cannot take advantage. 5.3 yards per attempt. This is the fourth time this season that Kenny Pickett has averaged under six yards per passing attempt. And in, in, in Kenny Pickett, I keep wanting to call him Andy Dalton. I want to call him Andy Dalton so bad, but Kenny Pickett wishes he was the Cincinnati Bengals version of Andy Dalton. He truly is, but he just isn't. Only one career game with multiple touchdown passes. Meanwhile, Kenny Pickett, multiple, multiple games with zero touchdown passes, zero rushing touchdowns, just zero touchdowns, period. But just one game with multiple scores. Through his career so far, 13 to 13 touchdown to interception ratio. But that doesn't tell the whole story, right? Touchdown to interception ratio, there's a lot that isn't captured in things like that. So let's look at money throw to interceptable pass rate. That is money throw, the throws that are special that are changing the game. Kenny Pickett has five of those this year, 17 in his NFL career. Money throws. That's not good. That is not good at all. And Kenny Pickett this season has 10 interceptable passes. In his career, he has 50 interceptable passes. So Kenny Pickett right now, five to 10 over double the interceptable passes to special throws that Kenny Pickett has made. And in his career, 17 to 50. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. Kenny Pickett, we're not including last night, by the way. This doesn't count last night. This is just heading in to last night. And Kenny Pickett was not good last night either. 5.1 average depth of target. A 7.5 average depth of target on the season heading into last night. Kenny Pickett not pushing the ball downfield. And he's just not completing passes. Even when there's no pressure on Kenny Pickett. Even when the offense is humming. Kenny Pickett, 32nd in clean pocket completion percentage. And there are 32 quarterbacks in the NFL, mind you, or starting quarterbacks in the NFL. His fantasy points per game, 11.1 heading into last night, 32nd. Fantasy points per drop back, 27th. And his red zone completion percentage, when they get down near the goal line, ready to score. Kenny Pickett, before last night, 26th in the NFL. Now, there are a couple things that Kenny Pickett has done well this year. Play action completion percentage, that is almost 68%, third in the NFL. He's fifth in deep ball catchable pass rate, and he's 13th somehow in pressured completion percentage. But pressured completion percentage is not a sticky thing. That is not something that we can assign to Kenny Pickett for the long term. That is just something that happens from time to time. What is much more telling is the clean pocket completion percentage. When everything is good around you, when there is no pressure, Kenny Pickett is the worst in the NFL. And the Steelers have to realize that, right, at this point. They have to have figured it out that Kenny Pickett isn't the answer. But the problem is, where do you go from here? Because even with Kenny Pickett not being good, the Steelers are have a winning record. Steelers are five and three. Steelers are not going to be drafting Drake May. Not going to be drafting Caleb Williams. Probably not going to be drafting Shadir Sanders if he declares for the draft either. So where do the Steelers go from here? Do they take a shot on Kirk Cousins when he reaches free agency in the Achilles? Steelers are just kind of in purgatory right now with Kenny Pickett. He's not good. He's not the answer. They need to move on. 
but the team is too good to move on from Kenny Pickett. And so maybe they make the playoffs. Maybe they just missed the playoffs. They're going to be in that borderline area anyways. And that's just the worst place to be as an NFL team with no quarterback, no hope to advance in the playoffs, no hope to make a playoff run deep into the Super Bowl contention. And that's where the Steelers are. That's where the Steelers backfield is too. Najee Harris is not as good as Jalen Warren. Hasn't produced like Jalen Warren this year. But it doesn't matter. Najee Harris still getting the snaps, 38 to 26. Still running more routes somehow than Jalen Warren. 15 rounds for Najee, 10 for Jalen Warren, and 20 opportunities for Najee Harris, just 14 for Jalen Warren. Even though Jalen Warren does more with his touches, whether it's in the receiving game, whether it's running up the middle, Jalen Warren should be playing more than Najee Harris. But for some reason, they just won't. <laughs> I don't understand the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't understand how they have a winning record. I don't understand how, despite how putrid their offense has been, truly historically bad, this Pittsburgh Steelers offense has been with Kenny Pickett at the helm. Not the answer. And yet they just keep winning. So I don't know. But we've got more news across the NFL. First, a word from the pod father. DFS getting harder every year, but we're here to make it easier with the DFS Dominator because I know a lot of optimizers keep coming out. Oh, our optimizer. What about this optimizer? But that optimizer. Well, we have a cash game optimizer that leverages the projections from Dario, Billy, the award-winning projections at playerprofiler.com and builds the best lineups for cash games that have both upside and stability because that's what you want. It's a couple clicks, boom, boom, boom. You get the best possible lineup for your cash games. But for tournaments, traditional optimizers don't work. That's why we have a lineup genius, which takes you through the process of building lineups the way they should be built. Which quarterbacks do you want to be overweight on? Then building stacks, then setting runbacks, then optimizing, and generating up to 150 lineups that you can easily import into DraftKings, into FanDuel. That's the DFS Dominator. It's only $45. A year, not not a week, a, a year, a year. Just go to Player Profiler, click on the DFS Dominator from the menu, and you won't be sorry. Hey, you're in your fantasy draft, and someone said, "Hey, you're in your fantasy draft," and someone says, "Hey, that guy's injury prone. I don't want him." And you're like, ah, "I don't know. I don't think you can predict injuries." Well, guess what? Now you can! Injury proneness is real! At Player Profiler, we have the data on these players, and it's all in the Injury Finder app. Their injury track record back through time, exactly where they were injured, how severe it is. We look at the BMI data, and we crunch it all together, and we give you probabilities that a player will miss multiple games this NFL season, as well as the complete database of NFL injuries and the ability to compare two players and look at their injury track record. The Injury Finder is powerful. And it's only five bucks. If it's worth it to have that peace of mind when you're drafting, go get it. And so we are back and we are talking about the guy on the other side of the field from Kenny Pickett. That is Will Levis. And unlike Kenny Pickett, Will Levis is the real deal. Will Levis with pressure in his face all night long. The Tennessee Titans offensive line is terrible. And Will Levis stands in the pocket and looks like a star on the rise. He 
isn't able to get it to DeAndre Hopkins as much as we would like him to. Joey Porter has a great game. Shuts down DeAndre Hopkins. 11 targets. Love to see that from Will Levis. Will Levis is smart enough to know who he should be going to when the lights are bright, when it's important. Unfortunately, DeAndre Hopkins just didn't produce. Who would have thought DeAndre Hopkins would be the one letting Will Levis down, not the other way around. The great game from Joey Porter. The Chicago Bears just looking silly trading that pick to for Chase Claypool that ends up being, being Joey Porter. But Will Levis, 262 yards. He has four big-time throws and three turnover-worthy plays. So Will Levis is a gunslinger. He does take some risks that he shouldn't have, including at the end of the game, game-ending interception. Should have had a couple of those earlier in the game as well. But Will Levis still, the arm strength, is incredible. The decision-making can be improved on. He can work on that, but you can't teach the raw talent of Will Levis. Pressured on 23 of 44 dropbacks, sacked four times, and Will Levis still hangs in there. 262 passing yards. Great game from Will Levis. Excited to see him for the rest of the season. Ryan Tannehill, I guess, could come back at some point. Theoretically, he should be on injured reserve because he has a high ankle sprain and he had surgery on that high ankle sprain last year and he aggravated it even worse. So Ryan Tannehill should be on IR. Technically could come back at any point, but I don't just don't expect to see Tannehill back anytime soon. Will Levis's team, at least for now, with DeAndre Hopkins only going for 60 yards on four grabs despite the 11 targets. Kyle Phillips, UCLA wide receiver, slot receiver, who spent most of last year on injured reserve. He's the leading receiver for the Tennessee Titans. 68 yards on five grab or four grabs, five targets for Kyle Phillips. Led leads the team. Traylon Burks. I was hoping for a breakout game for Traylon Burks. Ends the game with a scary, scary concussion. Traylon Burks has movement in all of his extremities. Was kept at actually. Sorry, he didn't go to the hospital last night. Didn't go to the hospital. Was doing well enough in the locker room, working with the team's um, medical doctor and the neurosurgeon that they have. And after the game, he was seen in the locker room or walking around. He was able to get on the bus, go home with the Tennessee Titans. So love to hear that. He is in concussion protocol, unsurprisingly, but Traylon Burks looks like things are going to be okay. We wish him a speedy recovery as he goes through the concussion protocol because that was a scary, scary sight for the Tennessee Titans. A Tennessee Titans team that leads the NFL in undrafted free agents. 31 undrafted players have played for the Tennessee Titans this year, taking a snap for the Titans. 13 undrafted free agents have started for the Tennessee Titans, and obviously it's not all this year's undrafted players. We've got guys like Tier Tart, nose tackle, just absolutely dominating. But the Titans are, much like Mike Tomlin and what he does with the Steelers, they are overachieving. Mike Vrabel getting more than the sum of this team's parts. The offensive line is bad. The secondary is bad. Defensive line is great for the Tennessee Titans. Great stopping the run. Linebackers are all right. Not a team that should be as competitive as the Tennessee Titans are, but here we are, thanks to good coaching. And once again, it is not the schematic guy. It is not the X's and O's wizard that we're giving credit to. It's we're giving credit to a guy who just understands how to coach football, to work with his players, to understand his players and get the most out of them. And that's what a coach is. It's not the glory hogging and the 
play calling, the wizardry that gets overhyped so much. Mike Vrabel, Mike Tomlin, two of the best NFL coaches that we have, and we are lucky to see them go to work. Updates on injuries across the NFL. Good news for the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray is again off the injury report. They're going to decide either tonight while they're on the plane to the game, or they will decide tomorrow when they're in Cleveland who the starting quarterback is going to be, whether it's Kyler Murray, whether it's Clayton Toon. I've been talking all week that they're leaning towards Clayton Toon, the rookie out of Houston. But if Kyler Murray's healthy, I could see Kyler Murray first forcing his way onto the field, even against a stout Cleveland Browns defense. So we'll see who the starting quarterback is for the Cardinals. We'll see who the running back is because Amari Mercado looks like he's not going to play as of the time of this recording hasn't officially been ruled out, but he didn't practice Wednesday, didn't practice Thursday. Cardinals on the West Coast, we won't get their injury update until later, but it looks like Amari DiMercato is going to be out with a toe injury, especially after they signed Tony Jones to the active roster. So it's going to be Tony Jones, it's going to be Keontae Ingram, it's going to be Damian Williams, and you're going to be staying away from this backfield in fantasy football. None of these options are startable whatsoever. It is going to be a headache. It is going to be gross. Hopefully we get Michael Wilson. He didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday with a shoulder injury. Hopefully he gets practice in today. Hopefully Michael Wilson is active, but if Michael Wilson is out, that just means more targets for Trey McBride, the wide receiver one, even though he's a tight end for the Arizona Cardinals. And update on the backfield for the Arizona Cardinals. Amari DiMercato is out this week, and it looks like James Conner is going to be returning next week in week 10. That's the first game that he is able to return. He reportedly looks excellent, according to Jonathan Gannon, and he is excited to get back when he can get back. So James Conner, Obviously, that doesn't say a whole lot, but the fact that he looks excellent right now, I think we're going to be seeing James Conner as soon as he is available. Sounds like we're going to be seeing Deshaun Watson this weekend as well. He is throwing, took all the first team reps on Friday earlier today. Not going to be limited. According to Kevin Stefanski, won't wear protection. Obviously, that's not how Kevin Stefanski should have phrased that, especially given the situation. But here we are. Deshaun Watson is going to be playing. He's not going to be wearing a brace on his shoulder. And we'll see how much zip he still has on the ball. Jerome Ford, limited in practice throughout the week. Looks like even though he does have a high ankle sprain, he's going to play through it. I'm not starting Jerome Ford. I don't trust the production while he is still limited with this ankle injury. But he's going to be out there. We'll see if Amari Cooper is out there. Sounds like he's going to be. He didn't practice Wednesday. He was limited on Thursday with an ankle injury. But sounds like he's going to be good to go. So we're going to see Amari Cooper. Maybe at a reduced clip, maybe just a little bit, but at the same time, can the Browns afford less Amari Cooper? Because they do have Elijah Moore, but they've got a wide open wide receiver three chair because Donovan Peoples-Jones is now a Detroit Lion. He's on a bye this week with the Lions. David Bell is out this week, and so they're going to be relying heavily on Cedric Tillman and Marquise Goodwin to fill that wide receiver three role, possibly filling the wide receiver one role that Amari Cooper currently operates. Obviously, Elijah Moore would be getting the most targets, but not good for the Cleveland Browns in terms of health in the passing game, who Deshaun Watson's going to be throwing to. But then again, Amari Cooper still probably going to play. So it's going to be Amari Cooper on one side, Elijah Moore in the slot, and then a rotation of Cedric Tillman, the rookie, and Marquise Goodwin, the vet on the other side. David Njoku also limited with an ankle injury. We do expect to see him. Not so sure about the Seattle Seahawks, though. DK Metcalf, and again, this is a West Coast team at the, as of the time of this recording. We have no idea what is going on. Hopefully, we have some clarity now. Make sure you check the Seahawks practice report. But DK Metcalf practices in full on Wednesday. 
doesn't practice on Thursday, and we have no idea whether this is just load management from Pete Carroll with the hip injury or if DK Metcalf had a setback. Make sure you check out the practice report today. DK Metcalf gets another full practice in. Then we know it's load management. If he's a limited practice today, we know he aggravated it, but he's on the mend. He doesn't practice today. DK Metcalf probably out. And Tyler Lockett, he is on the mend dealing with a hamstring injury. Doesn't practice Wednesday, limited Thursday. So this Seahawks passing game might be completely banged up. And in that case, might be the week to fire Jackson Smith and Jigba up. I know he's not going to be in the top end of who you're starting, but a wide receiver three, wide receiver four in your flex spot. Could be the week for Jackson Smith and Jigba against the Ravens with the top two options on offense a little bit banged up. Same with the Chargers. Josh Palmer doesn't practice on Thursday. He's got a knee injury. We'll find out over the next two days if Josh Palmer is going to play or not. Jets play on Monday night against the Jets. Or sorry, Chargers play on Monday night against the Jets. We will find out if Josh Palmer is playing or not. If Josh Palmer is not playing, you would think that Quentin Johnston would have a breakout, right? Well, that's probably not going to happen. It'll probably be a Gerald Everett game, Donald Parham game. They're both practicing in full. I don't know. But at this point, I would be shocked for a massive Quentin Johnston breakout. Instead, we'll probably see Jalen Guyton activated from injured reserve and taking the snaps instead. Moving on to the Green Bay Packers, Aaron Jones limited Wednesday and Thursday, as is Luke Musgrave. Aaron Jones has a hamstring. Luke Musgrave has an ankle. Expect to see both of them playing on Sunday. I just, uh, I just wish the world was different and Aaron Jones didn't suffer that hamstring strain on that breakaway touchdown. I wish he just coasted into the end zone. Just think if Aaron Jones was fully healthy all year, I think he was on a way to a truly, truly special season, at least as a receiver. What could have been with Aaron Jones? Hopefully he can get healthy at some point. Looks like Josh Downs is going to be okay. He was added to the injury report on Thursday with a knee injury. He does get a practice in today, so we expect to see Josh Downs. After that brief little scare, do not expect to see Darren Waller. He is going to be out. He's got the hamstring injury. Injured reserve still has not been ruled out for Darren Waller. That could happen today or it could happen tomorrow. Could even happen Sunday before the game. But if Darren Waller isn't put on injured reserve before the game, then I expect Darren Waller to be back in less than four misses because if they don't put him on injured reserve now, then then they put him on injured reserve later. That'd be another four games, and they would end up being five games missed. So this is the weekend to find out if Darren Waller's going on injured reserve or not. Daniel Jones not going on injured reserve. In fact, he is returning. He's going to play this weekend. He's practicing in full. Might have both of his tackles back. Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal both hoping to return this week. Neal's got an ankle injury at right tackle. Andrew Thomas has been out since week one. That was the first game. And he went down with a hamstring injury. All pro left tackle for Daniel Jones hoping to return. Hoping to have Saquon Barkley. He's still limited with his ankle injury, but that's just being responsible. They don't want to work him too hard as he returns, recovers, rehabs from that high ankle sprain that caused him to miss several games. And that kicker. Graham Gano is headed to injured reserve. So if you have Graham Gano, time to drop him. You're probably not picking up the Giants kicker, though, because we don't know who it is yet. It's either Randy Bullock or it's Cade York. Both are signed to the practice squad. Both will compete this weekend to see who the starting kicker is going to be. And it could be a completely different kicker next week. We're also going to be without Justin Fields. You already knew that because you listened to the show. Still week to week. Still don't know when he's going to return, but I don't expect it to be anytime soon. Unfortunately for Justin Fields, maybe if after this weekend we get a Justin Fields' day today, 
then I think he would miss just one more game. But if he's week to week after this weekend, then Justin Fields is definitely going to miss that game. Probably going to miss another one. Justin Fields still dealing with a thumb injury. Hope we see him soon. Speaking of thumb injuries, Matthew Stafford still pushing to play. Truly a game time decision. I don't think we're going to see Matthew Stafford. It's cold in Green Bay. And when he has a thumb injury, and that's what you use to grip the ball, don't think that's going to work particularly well, especially in the cold of Green Bay. So I don't think we're going to see Matthew Stafford. He is a tough, tough guy. So he's going to try to play. Just don't expect to see it. Don't expect to see Stafford with the thumb, though they get the bye next week. And it does sound like if Matthew Stafford misses this game, it would just be one game missed, whereas Justin Fields missing at least one more. And I think he's going to miss next week as well. We'll reevaluate after this weekend, depending on what the coaches are saying. Speaking of the Chicago Bears, though, made a trade for Montez Sweat, gave up a second round pick. And I don't think Montez Sweat is sticking around in Chicago. The Bears are saying, yeah, we're going to work on a, a long-term deal. We're working on it. That's a, our priority, and that's what we want. And Montez Sweat is saying, no, oh, you know, we'll see. I'm going to see what my options are. We'll, we'll play this out. And maybe he's just using his leverage because he knows, hey, I've got the leverage. They traded for me. Didn't get a contract done. I can demand whatever I want, and they kind of have to pay me at this point. Otherwise, they look bad for making the trade. So maybe Montez Sweat signs, or maybe he does walk in free agency. Bears would be projected to get a third-round compensatory pick in exchange. If he does walk, the problem is they're going to be signing free agents because they have a whole bunch of money. Oh, Chicago. Wouldn't it be just so Chicago Bears for, to trade a second for Montez Sweat for the rest of the season and then him just walk in free agency along with Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson is going to walk. It sounds like the Bears wanted a first or early second round pick for the cornerback. No teams were willing to pay that. Jalen Johnson says he is not working on a deal. Bears say they're going to work on a deal with Jalen Johnson, even if he doesn't agree. So we'll see. The Bears are in absolute shambles, though. I think they fire Matt Eberflus this year. Ryan Poles is in over his head. I don't know if they'll fire him. I think they might give him another chance because he is young and could build something. But so far, so not good. Other not good news around the NFL. Damian Pierce and Robert Woods both going to be out for the Houston Texans. Devin Singletary going to be stepping up as the running back one for Houston. Pierce is out with an ankle injury. We don't know if it's a low or high ankle. Haven't heard about that talked about too much, but either way, Damian Pierce out at least this game. Robert Woods out at least one more game. Drake London also out this game. Drake London doesn't practice all week. He's got a groin injury. And so who's going to be the wide receiver one in Taylor Heineke's debut? It should have been Drake London. It should be Kyle Pitts, but we know how the Falcons work. We know that Kyle Pitts is never going to get the tr true target share that he deserves. Watch Mac Hollins be the wide receiver one. Scott Miller, I don't know if he's on injured reserve or he's active. I don't know. I don't care. Maybe he'll be the wide receiver one. Van Jefferson could be the wide receiver one. Either way, probably not going to be Kyle Pitts, even though this should be a massive, massive blow-up game for Kyle Pitts. It just won't be. Commander's going to be without Curtis Samuel this week. Looks like Jamison Crowder going to be getting a start in the slot. Jamison Crowder could be a flex play this week if you are desperate with Curtis Samuel out. Sam Howell loves targeting over the middle. Logan Thomas also banged up. So Jamison Crowder suddenly in the fantasy circles again. I'm not saying you should play him, but I'm telling you, he 
probably going to end up as a top 40 receiver this week, just based on the Patriots, based on Sam Howell, just based on everything. Speaking of the Patriots, Devontae Parker, not expected to play this week. Concussion didn't practice on Wednesday or Thursday. I haven't got an update yet on Friday, but I do not expect to see Devontae Parker. Demario Douglas, Pop Douglas, is going to be the one feasting. He's going to be the wide receiver one for the New England Patriots. For now, for the future, he is the new Jacoby Myers. Speaking of the new, the Panthers have a new starting running back, and it is Chuba Hubbard. Miles Sanders, the guy who got $6 million per year. Massive contract, biggest contract given out to a running back in free agency goes to Miles Sanders. And it just doesn't work out. Miles Sanders is benched for Chuba Hubbard. He's not fully benched. He's still going to have a role. He's still going to see some snaps. He's still going to be a change of pace back. But Chuba Hubbard, bell cow last week, carries 15 times, only goes for 28 yards. That's the only reason Chuba Hubbard isn't rostered everywhere. If you're listening to player profiler, probably rostered in your league. But I think he's still under 50% roster ship in some platform. So Chuba Hubbard starting this week, Miles Sanders. No longer fantasy relevant. Final piece of news around the NFL. The Raiders are starting to feel good. They are happy now that Josh McDaniels is gone. When Josh McDaniels arrived, he got rid of all of the fun. Now that he's gone, there is a basketball hoop. Mini basketball net hung back up in the locker room for the players to use in their luxury time. This is something Matt Patricia did with the Detroit Lions too. They had a cornhole board and he got rid of it. It's just what Patriots coaches do. They get rid of the fun. And now Devontae Adams is having fun. He's ready to run through a wall for Antonio Pierce, the new head coach. Hunter Renfro no longer feels like he is walking on eggshells. Things are good for the Las Vegas Raiders. We'll see if it amounts to wins. We'll see if Antonio Pierce becomes considered for the actual head coaching job. But for now, life is once again good, at least for the Las Vegas Raiders players. And if they're happy, then maybe Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs return next year. Because the track they were on, they were both going to be gone. So that will conclude our show here for tonight. Enjoy week nine because it is a beautiful, beautiful week nine. We've got Kansas City versus Miami. The Chiefs versus the Dolphins in Germany. One of, if not the best games of the NFL season. That's going to be happening at 9.30 a.m. Bills Bengals going to be in prime time. Josh Allen. Practices in full today, practices in full yesterday. Josh Allen, good to go. Obviously, he was not missing this matchup with the Cincinnati Bengals. Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, that is going to be lights out. Cowboys and Eagles play this week to battle for supremacy in the NFC East. Back to Kansas City, Miami. No CEH, he is out with an illness. Jarek McKinnon dealing with a groin injury, so expect a big game for Isaiah Pacheco. And as for the Dolphins, they're starting to get healthy. Jalen Waddle, he's practicing in full. Raheem Mostert limited throughout the week with that ankle, but he's going to be fine. He says he is ready to go. Dolphins getting their left tackle, Teron Armstead, back. The officially questionable, but expect him to play. Center, Colliner Williams is expected to be back. He's questionable, but expected to play. And Devon Achan is just one week away from returning. He's not going to play this week. Not going to play next week. No Dolphins will, because they are on the bye. And then after week 10, the Dolphins... We'll see Devon A. Chan back. The Dolphins know that heading into this weekend is everything in terms of the national media. The media, if they lose this game, are going to be saying, oh, the Dolphins can't beat the good teams. They just can't beat the good teams. They're they're 
beating up on the bad teams, not a real contender because they can't beat the good teams. But if they win, the national news, the story, the headline around the Miami Dolphins is going to be Super Bowl. Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.